0: This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker And a good Erev Shabbos It's Mashi Lipsker What an awesome Erev Shabbos it is indeed Today is Erev Rech Chodesh El Today is the final day Before we launch into that very special period Of the 40 days of grace The 40 days in which Hashem, the infinite one, is closer to us than ever. And we just need to take a step, any sort of shift in our lives, out in that direction. And he responds hugely. The first Lubavitcher Rebbe compares it to a king who comes out into the field amongst the people. And there he's accessible. Anybody can approach him. But you have to approach him. Take a shift, take a step. And it's a glorious time. Rosh Hashanah is just in a month's time, a month from this coming Sunday night. And instead of feeling only trepidation, we need to feel hope, positivity, and to see the opportunity inherent in this gift of a time. The month of Elul, which begins tonight. Although it's still the last day of the month of Of, it's already Rosh Chodesh Elul, brings with it an opportunity for change, to really refocus and attain goals that are somehow more accessible now. You know, we all have hopes, desires and wishes. So many of us want to change. We're not satisfied with ourselves. So many of us plan to change. So many of us try to change. But how does one really implement this so that we will be successful? There are several ingredients. One of them would be to use an opportunity that is there. There's an energy in the air now, which makes it easier which makes us more successful if we only try. So we are Erev Rosh Chodesh Elul, and the Parsha this week, which is always read around this time, whether Shabbos Mavorchim Elul, or as it is this year, Rosh Chodesh Elul, it's the Shabbos of incredible, incredible clarity and message for this month candlelight candle lighting time tonight it's getting later we'll have our candles lit by 528 Shabbos will be out tomorrow at 621 so there's more time in the day to actually look at, plan for and implement the change that we so desire and the previous Rebbe discusses how every businessman Every businessman, from time to time, needs to take stock. You run a business, but to run it properly and profitably, you've got to, from time to time, examine how's it really going, and of course, to look closely and correct anything which isn't profitable, anything which is not working, and that's our work During this time, it's a time to really look at, to reflect, to take stock. You know, throughout the year, we're busy and we're busy with good things. No question. We're busy with the study of Torah. We're busy keeping mitzvahs. We're busy cultivating refined midos, desirable, good character traits. And... So what happens differently here in the month of Elul? You know, each one of us, according to our ability, whether we are someone who studies in the yeshiva, Torah scholars, business people, mothers, teenagers, all of us, we have to actually look at ourselves squarely and make an account a fair reckoning Think about the year. Think about everything that has happened to us in the course of the past year and be proud of, acknowledge the good. All the good points need to be acknowledged and to give us that feeling of, yes, we can. On the other hand, there are shortcomings. And all of these things need Reflection. The things we've succeeded in need to push us to be focused on and to know that we can also overcome the things that are areas of weakness. We all try. Could we try harder? Could we try better? We make efforts. Could we be trying differently? And the promise is there that if we prepare correctly, we will be found worthy to be inscribed and sealed, to be blessed for a good and sweet new year, both physically, materially, and spiritually. And basically, it's about defining a purpose. You know, when we understand what life is really about, we feel energized to focus on on a goal, to focus on what we want to achieve. And we feel empowered because focus is extremely important. It's no good to be all over the place and have many, many good qualities and good intentions. But we have to have one big goal. And for that goal, we need to understand why we are in this world What is the purpose of my life? And if these things are really important to me, I want to see them happen. And I want everything that I do to actually take me closer to the goal. I want to see that everything that I say and I do and I think is constructive, is productive. Because I have a goal. And of course, from time to time, I need to reevaluate. I need to think to myself, are my actions lined up with my actual purpose? Is my ultimate objective still what drives me or do I have to realign my focus? That's Elul. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. It is Erev Shabbos Parshath Re'e. Re'e means see. And in the name of Hashem, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the people, realize, see, that Hashem gives us, gives you the choice between good and evil. We have the power to choose and whatever we choose will result in either a life of blessing or God forbid a life of curses. And Hasidic teaching explains, the parsha begins, behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. How can it be that God who is good sends something which is negative. But a divine curse is actually a blessing that is so great that it cannot be revealed within our limited world. It has to be disguised as a curse. It has to slip into this world unnoticed, as it were. It is higher than a direct blessing. And here comes our work. Our challenge, our choosing, our challenge is to see it in that perspective. So often we become so overwhelmed, we become angry at God, we become twisted, we become incapacitated, we become paralyzed, we become obsessed, and we become, God forbid, trapped, like an animal in a cage. And instead of falling into that trap of anger, of disbelief, what we need to do is to understand that pain and negativity are there in the world in order to provide us with free choice. We are the only creatures in all of creation that have the gift of free choice. When we choose, we actually change things. We are partners in creation. God gives us a challenge, and depending on our choice, things change for us and for the world. So pain and negativity are there. In order to give us choice, free choice, Imagine, if everything were just laid on, it would be a no-brainer. We would be like little babies and remain that way. Free choice is there in order for God to be able to reward us for our choices. We are responsible in that area. We are powerful in that area. When God gives us blessings, very often we say, Am I worthy of this blessing? But when we struggle, when we choose, then we don't have to feel unworthy for the blessings that God bestows upon, upon us. And those blessings are endless. We have to just stop and think. Just work backwards. Not to see what's missing, but to see what's there. Yes, yes, I can hear, not so well, but I hear. Yes, I can see, not like I used to, but I can see. Yes, I can eat. Yes, I can breathe. Yes, I can walk, not as well as I used to, but I can walk, etc., etc. And, of course, with age and experience comes insight and wisdom, so much more to share with the world. But once we recognize that evil is there only to provide us with free choice, and the free choice is whether we reject that it's evil or we begin to obsess that it's evil, but evil exists only to provide us with the free choice that we can stand up and reject it and say, God is good, there is no such thing as evil. Our entire approach, our entire struggle with the evil changes. It becomes so much easier. And we can find Hashem in every difficult situation. And that is really an incredible lesson that we need to take with us as we prepare in the month of Elul for a good and sweet new year, that life is not easy, but life is good. Because life comes from Hashem, and He is good. And He sends down only good. But we need to struggle with the things that seem dark, restricted, because that is part of our mission in transforming the darkness into light, in transforming a seemingly physical world into a garden, into a home for God. So when we look at the Parsha, there are many, many interesting mitzvot in the Parsha. And all of them are worthy preparations for getting ready for a good and sweet new year. What we'd like to look at today is one Which is, doesn't take up that much of the Parsha, but it's a mitzvah, the laws of kosher. Which animals are kosher, which animals are not kosher. What makes an animal kosher? And so let's look at God's mitzvahs through the lens of Kashrut as not just the do's and don'ts of Yiddishkeit, but with Hasidic teaching to begin to see that everything, no matter how physical it seems, is actually a spiritual service, a spiritual journey for the one above. So in this week's parasha, it says, every animal that has split hooves and chews its cud Amongst the animals, those you may eat. In other words, he says if an animal has a totally split hoof right through, it's got two separate fingers as it were. And if it rechews its food, that's the animal that we are allowed to eat. Let's talk about what is eating. Eating is basically taking something, uh, some mineral, plant, animal, and eating it so that it actually becomes a part of us. It becomes our own blood and flesh. In the world, there are four kingdoms, the inanimate kingdom, which nurtures the plant life, which is eaten by kosher animals. And then there is man. So you have inanimate, plant life, animal life, and man who is known as medaber, communicator. And the way God has structured the world spiritually is that everything is absorbed into the level above it the plant will draw minerals from the soil. It will grow, and it will be eaten. The grass will be eaten by the cow. And then, properly slaughtered, the cow will be eaten, kosher, eaten, koshered, then eaten by the human. Eaten with a brocha before, eaten with a brocha after, and then the energy used to do everything in life that needs to be done, whether it's to study the Torah, do mitzvahs, and of course everything is about mitzvahs, the way we interact with one another, the way we educate ourselves and our children, everything, the missiles on our door and the food on our plate, everything that's clearly godly, and everything that seems to be just natural, they're all connected to mitzvahs. And the energy that the human being derives from having eaten of the other types, each thing is elevated into becoming his own flesh and blood. What about us? If the plant draws from the soil and the animal eats the plant, and we eat the animal, and thereby, with a brocha, and with using our energies for good things, bring elevation to all of creation, what is the next step? We are told that man is called a microcosm, a mini-world. That inside each one of us, we also have the inanimate, the growing parts, the animalistic parts, and, of course, the human parts. And Elul is a time when we need to refine everything within ourselves. Just like in the macrocosm, in the big world, everything that's there is not just there because it's there. It's there to be elevated, to be used. God created everything in the world, before he created man, so that it would be like a set table. It would be like a guest is coming, and everything is ready for the person. And now, when man arrives, and of course Rosh Hashanah is the anniversary of creation of man, he needs to roll up his sleeves and use everything that has been prepared for him ahead of time. Everything needs to be incorporated into the microcosm, into the mini-world, into the person. Because everything was created for him to use to change this world into a dwelling place, a palace, a castle, a garden for Hashem himself. And us, man? The Holy Shalom says that we are called Adam. We are called human. And the word Adam she has a root with the word adame our job is to look upward and to emulate the creator just as everything lower than us needs to be elevated with refinement it needs to be incorporated with refinement with care with understanding that we are eating in order to have energy in order to create create a a palace for God, we need to also rise higher. Adame means I will make myself similar to. We must emulate the one above. How do we emulate the one above? The parsha tells us amazingly. It says as follows. It says, follow God, your God. Moshe says, "Acharei Hashem alokechem telechu, vaotot tirau and fear him, veet mitzvotav tishmoru and keep his mitzvahs, ovekolo tishmau and listen to his voice, vaotot avodu and it is him whom you shall serve, uvo bakun and." Cleave to Him. What does it mean to follow God? What does it mean? The word follow means to ascend. The word He uses is Telechu means to go, to progress, to travel upward. And if we do all of these parts, we fear Him, keep His mitzvahs, listen to Him, serve Him, ultimately, We cleave to God himself. That's what it's all about. We want to become unified, connected. We don't want to lose that connection. That's our job. Every detail within us, whether it's an inanimate type of detail, a growing detail, an animalistic detail, a human communicator detail, in all of this we want to see What does God want us to do with everything he has put into us? Ultimately, Hashem wants us to be Adameh, cleave to God himself. And we need to speak about how eating kosher actually helps all of this. What is the spiritual aspect of kashrut? So when a person eats properly, it becomes an entirely different experience. Eating means to take from this world. Eating means to consume and make what's in the world a part of you. So the Rebbe tells a story. He brings a story from the Gemara. And the story is about the great sage, Rabbi Haninna ben Trajain, one of the big Tanaim. In fact, he was one of the ten martyrs murdered by the Romans, one of the Asaraha HaRugei Malchut. And why did they kill him? Because he taught Torah in public. And the story is in the Gemara that Rabbi Hanina Ben-Tradion asked Rabbi Yoisi Ben-Kisma will I have a portion in the world to come and what a strange question such a great sage such a great man of course he would have a portion in the world to come why would it even occur to him that he might not he spent all his time studying the Torah we'll be right back after this short break this is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I got an Erev Shabbos and Mashi Lipsker. We light candles tonight by 528. The days are getting longer. And it is Erev Rosh Chodesh Elul. Wow. A month to go to Rosh Hashanah. And we want to be ready. And Hashem gives us so many opportunities in this month to get ready. And one of them is each Torah reading, and this week's Parsha, which is Parsha's Re'ei C, And the Parsha is known informally as Re'ei Brocha, C Blessing. Choose Blessing. Choose so that your life will be a life of blessing. Only man, only mankind has the power to make choices. Everything else, the animal world, plant world, mineral world, They are, according to their nature, the way God created them. Only man, only Odom, has the power to change, to choose. And the Parsha this week, the Parsha of Choosing, has many, many mitzvahs in it. And the one we're discussing is the Mitzvah of Kashrut. And it's not just a matter of choose kosher. Of course, choose kosher. You know, as we say on the radio, meet at Nussbaum's. As we understand that in Johannesburg, kashrut is incredible. It's available. The kosher butchers are incredible. The question is, what does it mean to have a kosher life? What is kosher in the eyes of God? And we started off by saying that there are two signs, two signs, two simanim to a kosher animal. We want to see spiritually what does that mean. So we were speaking about a great, great sage by the name of Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina ben Tarajain, who studied Torah his whole life, it was actually one of the ten martyrs that we read about on Yom Kippur, who was brutally murdered by the Romans. Because he was teaching Torah in public, he taught his entire life. And the very strange question that he asked a colleague, Rabbi Yaisi ben Kisma, will I have a portion in the world to come? Am I worthy for Olam Haba? So interestingly, instead of just saying, of course, Rabbi Yaisi asked him a question. And in his response, well, let's see what he answered. Rabbi Yaisi asked him if a certain something had happened, something specific had happened to him. The answer of Rabbi Chanina was as follows. He said, I once had two purses. The one had money to give to the poor, money for tzedakah. The second one had personal money that I had set aside to make a seudat purim, a purim feast. And somehow the two sums got mixed up together. And he said, in order to totally avoid stealing from the poor, I used all the money for tzedakah. My personal money and the money set aside for tzedakah, I gave everything to the poor. I didn't use any of it for myself. After he shared that story with Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi said to him, if so, may I have a portion like yours. May my lot be like your lot. In other words, absolutely, I wish I could be like you. But it's a very strange story. First of all, as mentioned, why would Rabbi Chanina have even questioned whether or not he had lived life well enough to deserve olam haba. He had total mesirat nefesh, self-sacrifice, dedication to study Torah and teach Torah in public when it was against the Roman law. And it was because of that that they actually burned him alive. Is there even, I mean, why would he even ask something like this? Is there any thought otherwise that a man who lives like this should deserve the greatest rewards? And when he asked his colleague Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi's question or his response is also very surprising. That Rabbi Yaisi said, yes, if you gave all the money from both purses to tzedakah, to the poor, For sure, I want to be next to you. I want to be like you. Why was that a good answer? Well, is that the fact that he gave away that money a better reason than his lifelong dedication to the Torah study? But the answer is as follows. The first Lubavitcher Rebbe explains that there are two types of people in the world. And the two types of people, naturally, each one gravitates towards something. One type of people are very, very, um, they're not there out in the world. The world doesn't call them. He calls them, well, let's just say it's people who love to be focused on serious things. People who don't think about their own physical needs. They're not thinking about their environment. They're so happy just focusing and studying. These are the intellectual people who, that's what's important to them. And that's overwhelmingly a nature. My nature is, I love my books. I love reading. I love studying. You know, not so much into partying and those things. On the other hand, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, the Altar Rebbe. He says there are people who can't concentrate so well. And they can't study so well, not so academic. He says their nature is that they love to be out there. And they love to distribute and to share and to be out in the world very free And perhaps you would say creative and giving. So when we look at Rabbi Chanina, he's busy with Torah study. So he thinks to himself, maybe it's my nature. Maybe I'm only doing it because I love studying. I love reading. I love teaching. And these are qualities that God put into me. But I'm not just doing it because God said so. I'm not just doing it for that pure reason because I want to make this world into a dwelling place for God, that I want to choose. It's like not a choice for me, as it were. It's because of my nature. And that's why he could even think, do I have a portion in the world to come? But when Rabbi Yossi heard that he freely gives, he feels the needs of others, What the other person needs is important to him, which is not a natural characteristic trait, not a characteristic of a person who's academic, who's involved within himself. And he said, oh, may my portion be like yours. You got it. You have served God in both ways, as it were. He says, giving tzedakah, people give tzedakah. But when you go above and beyond, it's like giving with mesiris nefesh, as it were. Taking something which you don't have to give. We all, as a parsha tells us, have to give a tithe. We shall surely give one-tenth. That doesn't belong to us. But when you give so freely... It's the opposite of dedicating yourself to Torah study. It's two different ways, two opposite ways of serving God. When you study, you're not thinking about the environment. When you're giving all that out into the world, it's an entirely different nature. But when he heard, when when Rabbi Yossi heard that Rabbi Hanina is dedicated to both, in other words, he's not just doing according to the godly nature that God put into him. He's doing things basically because God said so. God's will is what motivates him. Then that convinced him that this man is making the world a dwelling place for God by choosing, not just by reacting. And so it is. We have to look at a kosher animal. What does it mean to be kosher? The first sign of being kosher is to have a split hoof, that we are balanced in this world. We stand on two different approaches to godliness, the right and the left as it was, as it were. Of course, we must serve God according to our nature, our character, which God implanted into us. On the other hand, it must not only be according to our nature, but we must actually be Adam. Adamel Elion. We must emulate the creator. God has sent each one of us on a mission into this world. And we must do what we're doing because that's God's will. Despite the fact that it might go against my nature, we must stand on a split hoof. And the concept of a split hoof, there's a right, there's a left. There were two ways of serving God. And if we are naturally the kind of person who's generous, tuned into other people and out there, wonderful, then when we connect with others, it's not really our credit. We need to choose to also study the Torah, concentrate on growing in the other area as well. And when a human being, when a Jew behaves in this way, in other words, he's taking, he's eating as it were, he's consuming creation correctly whether he's consuming from the outside or he's actually incorporating what God gave within him. And he's not just behaving because I love to give or I love to study, but I'm doing it because this is what God wants. This is the midst of the moment. Then what does he do? He actually elevates and unifies creation to God who is... The midaber, as it were, above. God who spoke and brought all of creation into being. But in addition to an animal having to have a totally split hoof, there's a second sign of being kosher. And what's the other kosher? Don't forget the word kosher means fitting. That he rechews his cud. And what does it mean to rechew the cud? When we are occupied as human beings in the physical world, they can have an influence on us. And it's important that we don't become subjective. Don't just depend on what you think. We have to go out into the world, earn a living, wear clothing, build homes, be involved with relationships. And very often we become Subjective. So the teaching is, let's not just depend on what we think, but he says, rechew it. Go over again and again the situation. Bring it up again and chew it over again and again. Check, think, examine. Am I dealing with this challenge, with this relationship? With this business encounter, with this particular garment, with this particular way of spending money, am I dealing with it in the proper way? Check again and again. Don't be hasty. Don't just jump into it. Am I using what God put into me and into the world around me the way he wants it to be used? Am I doing it because of him? Am I doing it according to his will? In other words, we all live life. And we have to live life fully in order to make a dwelling place for God. But in each and every encounter, in each and every event, in each and every physical object, in each and every relationship, we need to examine, reach to it. Am I doing this? Because it comes naturally. Am I doing this because I feel like it? Am I doing this according to the will of Hashem? And when we, as an individual, have two signs of being kosher, we have the two signs. We're both, we have a split hoof, and we also reach you, as it were. Then we know that we are eating properly, and we are elevating all of creation that comes to us when God brings us something it's for us to make a choice we bring them to the purpose for which they were created and we become truly closer to Hashem connected to Hashem because we are fulfilling the purpose for which we came into the world and which everything else in creation was brought to our doorstep Shabbos I couldn't hide it, I couldn't talk it.